I'm Umbreen Khan, and you're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. The Pew Research Center says that only 0.4%, that's about 1.3 million Americans, identify as part of a New Age religion such as witchcraft, Wicca, Druidism, and paganism. But many spiritual practices associated with these religions are being adopted by Americans across the religious spectrum. California State University Chico comparative religion professor Sarah Pike says increasing numbers of people today are turning to originally pagan practices, whether they identify as pagan or not. One explanation she offers is that people are looking for a more tangible way to connect to their spirituality. You know, it's a it's a reaction against some of the Protestantization of, <laughs> you know, the the world or or certainly of of western culture of the loss of a kind of you know direct sensual contact with things with candles with incense you know that being able to smell and taste and feel religion in that sensory way i think is something that many people feel they lost but they don't necessarily want to go back to you know russian orthodoxy or you know roman catholicism they're looking for something else that might bring that richness into their lives and even if they are protestant they may have an altar at home that has crystals on it or you know it's again i think that desire to be connected to the material world in some way seems a reaction against the sort of disconnection and disenchantment of the world around us. And some of this may have to do with our increasing awareness of environmental crisis. I mean, that's hard to escape these days. I think even my students, when I talk to them, so many of them see nature as their sacred place now, even regardless of whether they're Christian or pagan or Hindu, that being in nature, being connected to the material world, then translates into that uh, relationship with objects. And these more sort of supernatural beliefs that never really went away, but were sort of underground, I think, in in the U.S. Pew released the Religious Typology Study, which splits Americans into seven groups of religious and non-religious practice, from Sunday stalwarts to solidly secular. We'll get into that study another time. But one surprising finding is that New Age beliefs are common across the spectrum, even among very traditionally religious Americans. Pew describes these beliefs as, quote, the belief in psychics, astrology, reincarnation, and the belief that spiritual energy can be contained in physical objects like trees, mountains, and crystals. Now, owning a few crystals or getting into reading tarot cards doesn't make anyone a witch. But these are all common components of the spiritual practice of many who identify as witches or pagans. And as our next guest, Gabriella Hurstick says, witchcraft is for everyone. Yeah, you can be any religion and work with witchcraft. It's just a different way of kind of seeing things and working with things. Hurstick is a witch and writer living in Los Angeles. She writes the Ask a Witch column for Nylon and is the author of the book Inner Witch, A Modern Guide to the Ancient Craft. She explains that there isn't really any set of beliefs one needs to have to practice witchcraft. While some consider it to be a part of their religion and may worship certain deities, she thinks of the craft itself as a set of spiritual practices. And she says a lot of people might benefit from them. Witchcraft itself, I like to think of it as like a nature-based 
spiritual path. You don't have to believe in any certain deities or gods. It's really just a way to work with nature and her cycles as well as her own cycles and energy, um, as well as magic, which I define as energy plus action plus intention. Um, but for some people like myself, it is a part of our religion, but that it, that it doesn't have to be like you can be a witch and be of any faith and I think that's one of the amazing things about the craft is that it's something that you can tailor for your passions and where you live and like what your ancestry is or whatever religion you grew up in like there's so much there's so many ways to make it a personal thing which I think just makes any spiritual or religious practice even stronger our producer Melissa Fato sat down with her stick to discuss her guide to modern witchcraft Early in her book, Herstic writes, quote, you don't become a witch. You remember that you are one. I was like 11 or 12 and I was like, I believe in goddesses. And it, if, for me, it just felt like a natural transition. I thought I've never believed that God is a man in the clouds. Like that's mm-hmm. just something that like has never spoken to me. It just made sense and I followed it and I never questioned it. So I'd like to actually hear more about your path, how you answered that call. Tell me the story. How did you come to identify as a witch? So I grew up with a mother who was always kind of into like esoteric practices. She always did yoga. I grew up around her meditating and working with crystals, but she never called herself a witch. Like that was never part of her identity, but she gave me a crystal when I was little, like found me at like age two holding a little crystal pyramid she had given me like telling myself to breathe in and breathe out when I was angry at my sister because she had told me to do that and there's all these kind of little instances of when I was a child that I was just like this like weird hippie kid kind of crystal child um (laughs) my dad's a reform rabbi and my background in the city is Jewish and I grew up around that faith but he really fostered my curiosity for the unknown so we'd have discussions about god and death and all that kind of stuff so i've always kind of been intrigued by the unknown and the unseen and the spiritual realm in general so you are ethnically jewish your yes. mother is mexican yes she grew up in the jewish community in mexico city which mm-hmm. exists <laughs> So how do you square those two identities with your identity as a witch as well? So this is something I'm still figuring out. I don't identify as Jewish religiously, but it's a culture and it's where I come from. And it's always going to be, you know, my culture and my background and my ethnicities. I resisted kind of mixing my background with Judaism with the craft for a long time and it's still something I'm figuring out now I kind of work with Kabbalah as a part of my practice but more of um like some of like the more esoteric ideas versus like the religious parts of it and I'm still figuring that out I mean I love Fridays and I always like candle like I always do a lot of magic on Fridays but I don't call it Shabbat so I'm still kind of unpacking that just just because I was I grew up around that faith so so much and I was I always had the identity of a rabbi's daughter as far as my Mexican side again my family is from the Jewish community in Mexico City so it's not really like the brujeria part of of Mexico that's something that I like really aware with my mom like my dad was born in Israel but he grew up here and his 
he kind of understood like what I was practicing more early on than my mom. And for her, it was just, I get it. Just like witchcraft in Mexico is just, it's a lot more loaded. I understand that, especially now as an adult, I'm like, okay, this makes sense that you were kind of like cautious about me adopting this term because for you, it's like, it, it comes with a different set of ideas because of yeah the culture. Do you see more young women and folks who identify as women being drawn to witchcraft today? And why? Oh my god, absolutely. I think this this is a question I get a lot and it's always my answer is always hell yeah. I mean, there's always gonna be people that are trying to find their their own power when they feel powerless, right? And right now with the current administration, a lot of young women and women and fem identifying people and we're put in this climate where we don't really feel like we have control over our bodies or ourselves. And I think that a lot of us are turning to these earth-based spiritual practices because one, it's this like ancient thing that our ancestors did. And when you sit, when if you're a woman and you sit in a circle with other women and like share stories and create a sacred space, like you feel that. It feels like coming home to something, working with the moon, working with the earth, working with magic. These are all things that first off don't cost any money. Like it's dope to have crystals or tarot cards. And I think that there's a time and space for that. And those things are, you know, can be very helpful for us. But at the end of the day, like you don't need those things to be a witch. You don't need those things to be able to like claim your power and live from a place of like grounded purpose. And I think witchcraft really delivers that it's, it's a way to reclaim yourself. It's a way to move through this world with more control over, over your energy and the way that you're interacting with other people's energy. And it's just, I think it, it's just empowering. So in your book, you write a bit about what you call, quote, spiritual activism and witchcraft's mm -hmm. involvement in that. Can you explain that? I think for me, spiritual activism is like getting your internal world settled, figuring out your voice so that way each person that you touch like is changed or shifted it's like doing the internal work before you go out and do the the real work if you're not in your power you're not going to be able to be as helpful for other people you know you can only give as much as you have and you don't want to be like a a well that's just dry you want to be a cup that's overflowing with enough for everybody for me it might be something like making sure that like I'm emotionally ready, like going to therapy, taking a salt bath with lavender and really just being present, like my meditation practice, all of those kind of things that are going to allow me to be more grounded and like more centered in myself, like any mindfulness practice, whether it's yoga or journaling or ecstatic dancing. And then you can do something like create an altar if there's like a certain group of people or persons that you really want to send healing towards. You're having your own sense of balance, I think, is only going to make you a more... Um, impactful activist. So another practice that you write about in the book is goddesses. And mm -hmm. I mean, I would assume that the reason why some women are drawn to witchcraft is also because of the divine feminine. How does goddess worship work? And is it worship at all? Or is it a different kind of relationship? I call it goddess worship, but that worship might be loaded for some people. For me, it's a uh, intentional relationship that you cultivate with a deity, and that's through creating a space, like an altar to them or something dedicated to them where you can pray, you can leave notes, you can leave offerings. It's just to kind of form a more intentional environment to cultivate that again, relationship. And when I say relationship, I mean, like, it can be anything from like creating art for the goddess, having a ritual that you do repetitively, 
speaking to her, praying, making art. Personally, I work a lot with the goddess Venus. She's my matron goddess or like the main goddess I work with. And I work a lot with fashion and glamour with her since she rules. She's that's like one of her things is fashion and beauty. She's obviously the goddess of love. So I do a lot of work around her with self-love, loving others, all that kind of stuff. And I make a lot of art for her. I'll write poetry. I'll do specific like love and sex magic rituals. A lot of us grew up in patriarchal societies where we don't even have space to like explore this divine feminine and it's going to look different to everybody. Like you can totally just worship goddesses like an entity and an energy and have that, or you can worship specific goddesses. Gabriella Herstick is the author of Inner Witch, Bewitching the Elements and Embody Your Magic. She is based in Los Angeles and is a devotee to the goddess of love. This conversation was recorded back in 2018 with producer Melissa Fato. That's all for this week's show. The original episode was produced by Stephanie Lecce, Melissa Fato, and Lauren Marco. This week's producer is Kevin McCarthy. A special thanks to our founder, Maureen Fiedler, and MC Yogi for our theme music. I'm your host and executive producer, Umbreen Khan, wherever you are. I hope you are well. I hope you are safe. And I hope you stay connected.